Oh, I'm so confused. I'm so confused. I don't know what to play today. I don't know whether to play the Terminator theme or this thing. Because yesterday I had a little bit of a problem. I'm going to tell you about that. So I don't know if it's like like work Wednesday where we get to get up on it or if we got to go back to like being hunted by the Terminator that's coming out. You know, I don't know. I'm so confused. All right. Well, first, what I'm not confused about is my sponsor and who I'm going to tell you about in just a second. I'm going to tell you about New Heart Treasures. They are a small business with a mission to create Christian merchandise for the glory of God and to help the people of God unashamedly express their faith. Did you know that this is my first sponsor on Knox Unleashed? That's right. The first sponsor of Knox Unleashed is New Heart Treasures. Their products include T-shirts, tote bags, tumblers, stickers, greeting cards, onesies, and even more. They're working on some Bible verses you can put up. Hey, I'm going to scroll to their site if you're watching. Take you to this. I'm going to take you to my favorite on the drinkware, on the mugs. I want one of these so bad. The music sounds so intense while I'm talking about it. Ooh. <laughs> The owner is Hannah McQuarrie. She is happy to work with you on any of your custom designs that you might have as well. So you can place your orders today at newhearttreasures.com. That is newhearttreasures.com where you can ask questions or even share prayer requests through the contact form. I love that. I love that they actually do that. My sponsor wants to pray with you. If nothing else, encourage Hannah. She is 18 years old. We had her on, I think it was last week. She started her company with $9,000, has a website out on social media, newhearttreasures.com, nice merchandise, and it'll only get better as you buy from her. So go buy something from Hannah, support her as what she does will support us. And uh, you can have this cool mug that's right here on the screen. I love that thing. Thing is awesome. I want one of those so bad. Um, you can also find them on Facebook and Instagram at New Heart Treasures and on X or Twitter not to dead name it at in uh, at in heart treasures. That's their tagline in heart treasures. Thank you, Hannah. Uh, let's go back to work Wednesday, shall we? Because since we've already played enough of that theme. All right. So let me tell you, I see, I say right now, let me tell you where we're streaming from. We're actually on Facebook live. We're on YouTube live and we're on Twitter videos or X videos live rumble. I see you over there. And we're on locals, all those places. Um, hey, Jack, you want to speak already? Did you share the show, Jack? Jack Perry. I don't know if you shared the show. And if you didn't share the show, Jack, I, I'm not letting you speak. Let's see real quick. Uh, da, 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 da. Nope, you haven't shared it yet, Jack. So you don't get to speak. <laughs> and until you do, sir, then you'll get that request answered. Possibly. I am going to try. Hey, what's up, Kevin Rainwater? How you doing on YouTube? Watch it. James Hall, what's up, baby? How you doing? Good to see you, bro. Um, where else? Who else is in here? Okay, listen. Y'all know what to do. Hit the share button. Hit the like button. We have to get this thing rolling. That's how we win. We don't sit up here and complain about, oh, we getting canceled. No, 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 no. We do the canceling. Or we do the promoting. So hit the like button. Drop in the comments like James and Kevin have done already. Um, if you want to speak on spaces, you have to share the show. There y'all go. I appreciate that. Thank you, Max. Ellie, I appreciate that. Uh, my guy, regular man, who's not too regular. Um, 
Jack, I see you, Mr. Perry, but you ain't you ain't did nothing yet uh, that I can see. Let me see. Uh, see him. Jack didn't share this. Jack still ain't shared this. Jack got the request button hit, but he ain't shared this, so he ain't talking yet. Sorry, Jack. Um, hit the road, Jack. I'm not. Don't hit the road, Jack. I like you listening. Uh, so yesterday I was supposed to do T3. T3 stands for Tech Theonomy Tuesdays. It's supposed to be Thursday. Sorry, it gets mixed up, mixed up a little bit. And um, I didn't do it. And let me tell you why. <clears throat> After Monday's show with Cross Politic, I got a little bit under the weather and I went home and I did family worship. And as soon as family worship was done, I hit the sack. Yes. I just virtue signaled a little bit. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that, but I wanted you to feel bad if you weren't doing family worship yourself, because you should be, uh, you are the head of your house. You need to be doing family worship. Uh, yeah. So I hit the bed. It was like eight o'clock, something like that. That's early for me. Cause I'm usually up to like two or three in the morning and I didn't get, I didn't get up at all. I stayed, um, Oh, Jake Perry looks like he shared the show. Okay. Well, then, thank you. Ellie's like the police around here. Uh, no, I don't see it. Oh, look at he! I think he did. Look at that. Seven minutes ago. My bad. My bad, bro. I'm, I'm going to give you access. Um, anybody else who wants to come in, you might as well go ahead and get it ready. We're going to talk about some stuff. But let me tell you. So the reason I missed yesterday's show for T3 was I got sick and I was, uh, so Monday I got sick and I tried to get better as fast as I can because we have the conference, by the way, that's coming up at the Ark Encounter next Wednesday. And I cannot be sick for that. So I'm like, <laughs> let me get some rest, get some food. I took a bunch of vitamin D. I probably overdosed on it. And I woke up and I wasn't feeling too bad because I got some rest, but I still wasn't quite the best. And my lovely wife, man, she is awesome. You know what she did? She went and round up some medicine for me. And she got this company. Well, I have the card right here. It's called Northwest IV Therapy. Um, they offer a variety of infusions for both lifestyle and therapeutic needs. But since they're not sponsors, I'm not telling you to use them. <laughs> I think I just did. Their products, vitamin C, B-complex, B12, magnesium. I can't say that word. Zinc. Terrain? Hmm. Biotin. Oh, I know what that is. RX add-ons. They have more add-ons to Celine and LR fluids. So I went and got myself one of those fancy hey from wichita what's up sean i got myself one of those fancy um what do they call those meyer cocktails where they come to you this company right here northwest ivy therapy they actually came to my office yesterday and they poked me in the arm with one of their their saline bags their meyer cocktails it has i'm guessing a bunch of bunch of this in there vitamin c vitamin d and this meyer's cocktail is supposed to like I guess bring you back to life and help you. You guys probably know more about this than I do. Help you um, help your immune system uh, engage faster because it's going right into your veins. It's not any vitamins you take that have to go through your liver or anything. It is direct into your system. And um, to be honest with you, so I took one that lasts about 45 minutes. They poke you. You sit there. They talk for a little bit. And it was cool. And I was thinking in the most, so that's why I wasn't able to actually do the show. Cause during that time, cross politic was running live their show and I got poked in the arm, which took me out of the, so I thought I combined both today and yesterday T3, which is tech theonomy Tuesdays with work Wednesday. Cause I thought this was perfect. And so 
yesterday while I'm getting poked in the arm, I, by the way, I don't know if it worked. I, I look good, but I always look good. So that's not new. I feel okay, I guess. I don't feel sick. I'm not sick, so I, I, I guessed it worked. I guess there's supposed to be some big effect from it. You're supposed to feel it, but hey. Um, but I, I like the fact that they came to my office and they put whatever. I, I had to trust that whatever was in that bag, that was something that was going to be good for me. So I, I did. And my wife said, you're going to get this. And I guess a lot of businessmen use it when they have uh, events they need to do and so on and so forth. So their, their bodies don't crash. And people who are in school who don't need to get sick. This is supposed to be a big immune booster. So I wasn't very aware of this, but I did it. And I guess it worked. Um, but while I was taking it, it reminded me of just how wonderful the world is that we live in. And that we take for granted our health in so many ways. And because of the technology and the science and the blessedness of gifted man, we got the ability, we have the ability to have someone who has an IV bag with a little hose that can connect to our arm to give us vitamins faster than we can actually digest them. And the immediacy of it. And the effect it has, I, again, I guess it worked. It was impressive to me to think about how far we have come. Will we be able to do this just 60 years ago so commonly that we have guys who can run around here and do this for the, for the hardly anything? I mean, I guess we did have house doctors, but those were, I don't think they were doing these types of things in the same way 50, 60 years ago. Um, but even think like 100 years ago, I, I, could you imagine Moses getting an IV? He wasn't, he couldn't get an IV. <laughs> He's probably eating a better diet, granted, especially if you're eating manna. But I was just thinking of the blessing that the medical industry is and how grateful I am for it, even though they have failed us so much in COVID. By the way, I have a deadline today. Logan Edwards, how you doing? I am trying to be done in the next 15 minutes, y'all. So whoo, pray for me. I'm trying to make it a hard cut. I'm trying to make it a hard cut. So I just went and looked up kind of like, what are the top 20 um, most important medical developments probably that's happened in the last, I don't know, 50 years or so? And I came back with a list of, well, there's 20 because it's top 20. If you're keeping up, <laughs> I guess antibiotics, uh, vaccinations, you know, about those vaccinations split on that. They could be, could be a great, could be a great, there are some, there are good things that happen. We're just not honest about the whole totality of the conversation with vaccination, but there are some good things that happen from them. Um, if they weren't using little babies to make them, that would, that would be a, I would have an ethical problem with that. Uh, imaging. That's great. Anti-TB therapy, tobacco control. I don't know about this one. Recognition of adverse effects of smoking and lung health, cancer, and the benefits of effective actively reducing cigarette smoking and high. Okay, okay. Tobacco control. Didn't know about that one. Um, some of these words I can't even say. Antiviral therapy for HIV. Hmm. You know, maybe I'm wrong. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. ACE inhibitors, kidney dialysis, treatments for stomach ulcers, kidney transplants. Wow. Wow. We can get new kidneys, people. We can transplant liver, liver transplants, um, inhale therapy. The list goes on. There's so many. Some of this stuff I can't even, can't even say, but it's good. 
We've had some massive advancements in technology in the medical industry that have been really good for us. Yes, we do have some things that are not so great, but we have a lot of things that are really good. I think the Myers cocktail might have worked. We're going to see if it has an effect on me overall. And so it made me think about kind of the fear that we have of what's coming in the medical industry, the World Economic Forum. Are you familiar with the World Economic Forum and what they are doing? They are planning on through what, through medicine and well, just economics and through technology, they are looking to try, I'm going to give two spins on this, okay? They are looking to try and take control. Now, let me give the positive spin first. They are looking to help people. They have a form of humanism. This is probably the best way to say it. They have a form of humanism that advances humanity, matures humanity. The problem is it does it without giving glory to God. So there are a lot of things inside the World Economic Forum that I think are really, really good, really good. That could be amazing and helpful to people. I know most people don't talk about the World Economic Forum that way, but it's true. The World Economic Forum, they are, they are looking at the possibility of making sure how to connect and rebuild cells so that people who are paralyzed can't, can walk again. How to grow back nose and ears and eyeballs. and I mean, there's so many different things that they're working on. They can grow back a cheekbone. Um, it's amazing what they've been able to do and new livers. It's, um, it's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. I, I ain't with the gender affirming therapy. That's, that's wrong. Matter of fact, let me just speak on that real quick. That's what happens when Christians don't get involved in this. When we have guys who are working inside of the tech industry or the medical industry or the, uh, just let's say world economic forum, how many God fearing theonomic Christians do you think actually are in that field? I bet none. And why do you think it's going awry? There's no real biblical ethic there. And we could be in that film. We don't, we don't have to not be there. We could be, but we choose not to in so many ways, and instead we're afraid of it. And so I'm trying, I'm sorry, I was just reading some of the chat. That's if I pause, that's what I'm doing. Um, okay, Jack's already got his hand up. Jack, go ahead. I'll let you speak. My brother, it's Jake. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. <laughs> but you know what? But it, it, but it was Jack to me. <laughs> I jacked that up. Ah! All right, go ahead, Jake. Bing. <laughs> um, bro, like what you're saying is spot on. What you're saying is why I do what I do. Mm. Uh, so I'm big. I'm big time into crypto. And and why? Because it's godless at the moment. My goodness, it's it's godless. It's just uh, a, like it's a good thing. Crypto is great. NFTs are awesome. But it, it's because of the technology that God has given us as a blessing. But where are the Christians in the space? And like, unfortunately, a lot of America has been um, they've been dispensationalized. Oh. Well, the crypto is the market beast you know like the mark of the beast is an nft and i'm like ah oh, man if only you guys knew what is coming technologically with crypto it's beautiful but we need christians in the space to keep it that way we got to maintain the garden it, mm. like god has given us this 
this glorious gift, and we have to do that. Otherwise, we're going to allow Satan and his demons to run all over. There's going to be a hog in the vineyard, and it's not going to be good. Um, and so I'm in the crypto space constantly. Like, it's, it's how I've been living my life the past three years. And well, I technically since 2017, but like more recently as of 2020. And I'm telling you, what you're saying is spot on. That's why I'm in the crypto space. That's why I'm going to start live streaming this month. That's why I'm producing crypto content. It's because we need Christians in the space. We can't, we can't let the pagans take over. And, and why can't we do that? It's because someone entered the strong man's house, bound him, and plundered his goods. Jacked up, Jake, can you tell us what in the world is coming from crypto that you think is beautiful in like 60 seconds? Yeah, specifically, uh, faster, cheaper, instant payments. Uh, you, you don't have to worry about things happening uh, over an extended period of time. If you want to send money to your friend or your family member that's in a different country, you can do so instantly and immutably. No one can change it. No one can stop it. It cuts out the middleman, so it's a lot cheaper. Uh, shifting gears to NFTs, which stands for non-fungible tokens, you can't spend them. But when you get things like, oh, you want the deed to your house, instead of a physical deed that you have, you'll have an NFT, which is on uh, the blockchain, which is a whole separate topic. But it, it's true. It's there. It's yours. It's, it's proof of ownership. And so... That's coming, and it's going to be faster, cheaper. It's going to be better for you, and it's immutable, which is the greatest part about it. Oh, that's interesting. We'll have to have Jacked Up Jake come back and work through some of that crypto stuff when we start talking about that, because that's one of the things I do want to get into. Um, brother, thank you for adding that. I, let me go. I want to do this because I don't have long. I told you I was going to be like short today, 30 minutes. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. So I want to get to this. Christians. Uh, uh, Brian, he's in here. I wonder if he can remember. Um, I'm going to invite him to speak. I mean, he might not be at a place he can speak, but Brian Motes, uh, there's a there's a line from oh James Jordan, and I know he would know it, but if he gets a chance to come in the room, I'm not going to bring it up unless you can come in and speak, Brian. Um, but so let me get back to this tech thing real quick. All right, so we have the world running rampant in humanism right now. They are doing humanism without, without any ethics. Um, and uh, was that Brian? Yes, he made it in. Hey, Brian, uh, I, there's a line from uh, James Jordan where he talks about the, the gifts. And, you know, right now the, the people are really kind of over sensationism, non-sensationism, having that fight. And he's the only person I've ever heard say, well, it's not that the gifts have ceased necessarily. It's that they've matured. And they matured to people who are gifted, like in medicine. Um, do you remember that line from him at all? Yeah, that does sound like him. I mean, with any technological innovations, they're going to expand over time. And same thing with how we see Satan and, and uh, the kingdom both working in the world. So, for example, I get asked all the time, do I think demon possession in America is real? And I can say, sure. But I think, I think Satan has possessed systems. I think there are whole systems of oppression, systems that are corrupt to the core. And so, um, yeah, Jim would Jim would definitely talk about things like that. That's what I thought. In those he, terms you're yeah, I, th of. I thought he would say something like that. I just want to make sure I had it right. I knew you would be the man to ask about it. Because I, if that's true, then, man, it makes sense how some people's gifts go in other places and, and others. And so it's not, 
everything has a form of, if the world is the kind of place where everything has a form of maturity, that makes a lot of sense to me because things have matured over time and everything has matured over time, Ever, especially since the, the, the closing of the canon and the raising of Christ from the dead. Everything now is in a whole new state. The garden has been, oh, here's another cool one I think I got from James, uh, which was, you know, you, you, we always, we forget to see the parallels in scripture. So now we have Adam who was in the garden and God gave everything to him so that he would rule and reign it and be a good steward over it. And then where do we see Christ at also resurrecting? Where is he at? In the garden with the ladies. And then the city at the end of time. It's a garden city. Come on now. And so it's coming to full maturity. And so what we need to what we need to remember, particularly about tech, is that there isn't one area that Christians shouldn't be in bringing a Christian ethic to that particular system. And when we don't fill that with Christianity and Christian worldview and the gospel, then what we're going to get is demon possession because we left it vacant, people. Do you understand what I'm saying? When you leave something vacant, it's going to get filled. So when you're complaining, what you're complaining about is your lack of ability to do work. Your lack of ability to disciple your kids to love great things. You are making these arrows. When you have kids, you're the one making the arrows. Right? What Hannah, she knew that the priesthood was corrupt. And she's like, God, give me a child. And she said, I'll give them to you so you can restore us here. If you got kids, make the arrows. Be like Tiger Woods' dad. I've said this all the time. He made his son in, fall in love with golf. Venus and Serena's father, made their, he made his daughters fall in love with tennis, and he trained them and labored with them so that they would become great in that field. We need to be way more specific about the type of arrows that we're creating and sharpening and making, making so that when we go to war, these arrows or missiles have a direct target to hit where we point them at. But we don't do that. Instead, we run away from those things. And so here's one of the things I want to talk about that we're running away from. He just announced a major update. ChatGPT just announced a major update. It can now see, hear, and speak. It'll be completely... Did you just shake a little bit? When you heard him say, like, they can now see, hear, and speak, you're like, ooh, let me, let, let me turn my phone off. Multimodal, let me show you what that means. So firstly, you can now use voice to engage in a back and forth conversation. And this is a preview of the future of voice assistants like Siri and Alexa, hopefully. What I really love about multimodality is that you can now use images to give context. So for example, you don't know how to lower your bike seat, you can send the image to ChatGPT and it'll give you step-by-step -step instructions. And you can go back and forth conversationally as you would with your handyman father on FaceTime. So for example, you can send a picture of the manual and your toolbox and it'll tell you what you need to complete the job. And you know, I've thought that OpenAI over the last year has been slowly neutering ChatGPT's capabilities, but this is an exciting update. It'll be rolling out over the next few weeks, and I think it'll likely make it the clear number one LLM again. But all the major players are cooking. Innovation and competition in this space is going to seriously ramp up over the next few years. And to stay updated on it all and how it may affect your life, hit that follow. Uh, that's kind of amazing. I mean, I don't, this is, this is, so uh, this is, <laughs> this is amazing technology. Go ahead. Who was that that jumped in here? All right. I'll keep talking. So in, in case you didn't understand what 
he just said, we now have the ability to have information that we don't know become immediately accessible to us in the moment to do things that we would probably have to go to school to do. Chat GPT, need to change my oil. What happens when augmented reality becomes a part of chat GPT and the glasses that you're wearing become a system for you to break down like you're uh, Tony Stark and you get to see all the elements and pieces and you can move it around and you can fix your own vehicle. And now all the mechanic really does is deliver the parts for you to do it or you, you pay a premium to have them do it or it, it lowers the price of mechanic work. But this is what we're missing with AI. Everybody is so scared of AI right now. It's going to take jobs. Did you think about how many jobs it's going to bring? Did you think about how much more work could be done? If I can add something to my system that helps me cut my workload of time in half, I get to hire not less people, but more people because I get to do more. Unfortunately, when we go ahead. New technology always brings death and resurrection. Oh, come to, on, Brian. To, to make bread, to make bread, you have to tear down things. Therefore, they're dead. Mix them together. Add water. To make wine, you have to pluck and kill grapevines and grapes, and it takes a lot of patience and time. But all technological innovation involves death and resurrection. And every generation of every generation seems to be uh, scared of this. This is just kind of the classic tale. You know, uh, what, what's going to happen with the printing press? Are, uh, with the printing press, are we not going to sit around the fire and tell stories anymore? Uh, what's, with this, what's with this rock and roll music? What are we going to do about this? This is definitely going to slow the kingdom down. What about this television? What about this iPhone? But God has a way of kind of laughing at us at every stage, and every technological innovation ends up being for the advancement of his kingdom because he can't be stopped. You know, Brian, I, want, I just want to add to that. First of all... Uh, and second of all, whenever the pagans are chasing us with tech, it always, or anything for that matter, I could really harp on what you just said about death and resurrection in tech. We should see the world and everything through a form of death and resurrection. And every time we, yep. we see death, we should be excited to be like, oh, I wonder how God is going to do this one. Because you know resurrections come in. Why you act like there's no resurrection? Why you acting like them? We don't act like that. When we see death, we are, oh, God's going to raise this up. And so we can be faithful in that. But here's the deal. Whenever I see us or Christians getting chased by anything, I'm always thoughtful of Deuteronomy 28. Where have we neglected to fear the Lord in such a way that our enemies are chasing us? And not just that they chase us. Remember in Deuteronomy, uh, oh, was it Deuteronomy? Uh, or was it, um, I think it was Deuteronomy, at the end of Deuteronomy. Where they were, oh yes, the song of Moses. So it's chapter 32, where the enemy says, Oh, a, one of us will chase a thousand of them. And part of that is that it wasn't just that they were chasing them, they felt arrogant and good about it because they knew that the God of Israel wasn't with them anymore. And that's the only way that they could chase them um, so much is because they knew that they weren't worshiping the true God. And so fear infiltrated inside of Israel to the point that they are getting chased by the people who shouldn't be chasing them. But when worship is rightly restored, which is one of the things we really got to remember all the time in this, if um, worship really is warfare, this is why Psalm singing is so important. 
I, I think it was uh, my guy. We had all the Series C ministers in here. Um, Theodore, if you disagree, let, let me know why. I don't want to just know that you disagree. Write out your point. Or um, if you're X, come on, I'll talk to you about it. Um, I got Max here. I'm going to let it Max in for a second, too. But one of my guys um, who were here at, as for the CREC, one of the uh, elders for a pastor, he said, listen, if we can just change one thing overall, one thing overall in all the churches, if we could just get them to sing psalms on Sunday or one psalm every Sunday, that would have a massive impact on the culture and society in restoring worship. And I think he's right about that. Max, D2020, I'm, I'm going to give you the floor because I'm about to wrap up. Sure thing. The thing that I saw with uh, ChatGPT right away is how good this is going to be for us to learn and to train up our children. Mm. I'm, I'm an engineer, and there's, there's things where I don't know a topic like something in chemistry. You can ask it, hey, what are the five things that I need to know? And then dig down wherever you want to go. And that's just going to be such a great tool for raising up our kids. And, and, and just so we, we're clear, we're not saying that, look, the people who have programmed ChatGPT, they haven't programmed it to help Christians, right? Unfortunately, it seems like most tech is like that, and a lot of things are like that. Canaan wasn't built, uh, when the Canaanites were building Canaan, they weren't building it to say, let's make sure we build really nice grapes for the Israelites to come in and take over. <laughs> that, wasn't, that wasn't their plan. But the way that God tends to work is that he makes this, we talked about this, uh, I think it was Monday. He makes the slippery, he makes the feet of the wicked very slippery in the world that he's designed. They can't get traction. So while they might be able to come up with something and start something really well, we should be like, oh, they just, just made that for God's kingdom, for God's world. How is that going to be used to glorify the Father? And we need to be in, in the process of creating those things too and competing. We can do both and, not just one or the other. And so part of what I mean, and, and, and Max was bringing up a point that I want to talk about a little bit too, which is the fact that, look, we can now hire people who are hardworking but don't necessarily have the knowledge or the skills to do something with some of this equipment that's coming out, right? So we can hire people who don't even speak the same language as we speak and work together to build something. Can you imagine what this is going to be like working in a mission field? To have these kind of things available if you're trying to build a hut or if you're trying to, you know, dig ditches and create a whole new water um, pipeline for a, 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 for a group of people. I mean, there's, there's unlimited possibilities to the good that could be done. W will there be bad that would be done? I'm sure there will. That's always the case. But if Christians aren't there to disciple the nations on what ethics they need to be using as they're creating this tech, then we are not going to be effective in how this tech is being used. And the more that we are fearful of it, the more and more that we're going to allow them to overrun us. All right. Anybody else want to say anything before I leave? Because I, uh, I got, I was thought Theodore was bold enough to say why he disagreed, but he just typed he disagreed. And then I haven't gotten anything else from him. Um, so, so I, I guess some of, some of the things that we need to think about is, okay, that doesn't mean to be foolish. That doesn't mean to be foolish in this. That doesn't mean, uh, um, so just don't think about um, the cost. There's always a cost to this, and there's always a way to manage it too. 
So when we look at it and say, okay, I want to start doing something on TikTok. So then you don't just throw your phone up to your 15-year-old and say, hey, go dance on TikTok, whatever, whatever, whatever. I don't really care. I'm not saying that. That's being silly. But it doesn't mean, so long as that platform exists, it doesn't mean that you can't take your family, do something fun with your family, post it on social media, and use that to... I got a friend in Georgia, and I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I'm praying. This, her name is um, Shanice Lewis. If you find her on Facebook, I hope you do. I want you to go encourage her. She makes cookies and cakes, and they are amazing. And I've been trying to get her to figure out how to get these cookies and cakes to be shipped because, guys, I'm telling you, you've never had a cookie like this lady's cookie. She makes Amazing cookie. If you were a G3, she went and made a tub of cookies and brought them to everybody. And the work that she does, having six kids and making cookies and the beauty that she brings to their home and the beauty that she has in making these cookies, it has a teleos to it. It does something. It, 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 the beauty of that thing, believe it or not, the way that she loves her family, to actually see that on social media, that is an argument. That's a beautiful argument, and it's one that wins. And if she can ship those cookies out to the rest of the world and they can get a taste of what she makes in her godly kitchen, that's not just regular cookies. Them godly cookies. Them godly cookies in the same way we got godly chicken. We got a regular man. You got the floor. Go ahead, man. Hey, brother. Thanks for letting me speak. Hey, I had a quick question for you, though. Yeah. I completely agree. Christians need to just be more in spaces that are just predominantly pagans. You see that in tech. You see that in industry. You see that in big business. You see it everywhere, including the, um, the chat, GTP, and all that garbage. But I wonder, what can we do as Christians to preclude the the temptation of being lazy and pushing it off i've already heard of people crafting their sermons using chat gpt <laughs> what are your thoughts how how can we not be lazy is that basically what it is with with these soft pieces of software well you know what i mean to doing it with to doing it for christ in christ's life for christendom not not just for a paycheck like you know uh tv snakes and <laughs> olstein those garbage people it's pretty easy just to say chat gtp write me out a sermon for five pages double length you know double space yeah well I, you know just like everything and brian you can jump in here in a second too i'm gonna let you um i'm gonna let you uh have a word in on this um but here's here's how i think about laziness laziness in any other job let's say you're a police officer let's say that you're a pastor let's say that you're um a business owner Laziness is one of those things that comes directly from how you were trained in your home and how you act in your home. Your qualifications for any other job out there is all really how well you do in your household and how well your household has trained you. And so if we are going to reject the culture of laziness that could be created from these pieces of platform, then it's all going to have to come from how we're discipled and trained at our home and how we're training our kids. And here's, here's what I mean by that. We tend to, when it comes to something that we don't want to be bothered with, with our own children, and the, and the conversation seems insignificant, we tend to take a form of laziness to that kind of dis discipline instead of actually engaging it. My, she won't give me my shirt. 
Oh, you just go give me the shirt. Stop playing. Instead of, well, let's work through this. Are there any witnesses? Have we worked through um, whose shirt it is? What does it belong to? Who ha- have we worked through the theological principles of who has the shirt and can this person take it? And we don't want to do that a lot of times because it takes a lot of work, a lot of effort to give that much energy to something so simple as she took my shirt or they said I can't have it. But I've realized in myself that the more that I take the time to work and disciple my children properly and not, and not just brush off those moments and not, um, and not put off to, to tomorrow what I can do today in my own house, then I find myself not willing to take the easy way out as it relates to everything else too. And so I, the, 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 the beginning of our ability to not be lazy has to come from us not being lazy with our own households. And if we, if we are being lazy there, then starting on the outside, trying to work the way in is not going to be helpful at all. And so anybody who's working, and, and this is a, kind of the thing that falls blessing too, anybody that's working, Anybody that's working and has a heart for work is going to find things that help them be a benefit to them to do more work. And if you find something that you're using that isn't helping you do more work, then you need to put it down and go back and get some things right before you should be able to pick that up. Get work done first and then let God add the tools to you so that you can do more work. If God gives you a talent, you don't bury it. You don't preserve it. You work it to get more, to give more. Brian, you have anything you want to add to that? I completely agree. I mean, the standards of God's law have don't, don't ever change. And so obedience to him needs to be the same today as it was yesterday, as it will be in a thousand years with all kinds of technological innovations. So laziness, uh, lying, coveting, all of these things are going to take different shapes as, you know, disobedience is going to look different as history unfolds. You know, am I... Am I lazy because I drive a car and don't walk to the store? Or am I lazy because I go to a store instead of growing my own food? You know, all of these definitions and standards have, um, you know, changed, but God's law never has. And so I think we need to be living in the Proverbs. We need to know that the soul of the lazy man desires and has nothing, but the soul of the diligent will be made rich. And so as as Christians, we are to wake up and to uh, get after every day and work really hard. And for preachers, that chat GPT at this point could write a sermon for you, of course, but it can't exegete your congregation for you. And Oof. that's the goal of the pastor. Oh, and, and you know what, Brian, I'll say this. Very, very good points. Thank you. Very good. Yeah. And, and if it does, then you need to quit because you're not doing your job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. Ellie, you have the floor. Uh, you guys sort of said what I was going to say, but um, along the same lines, technology, the lazy man's going to use it to become more lazy, but the productive man's going to use it to become more productive. That's right. Right? That's right. Did you hear what I said? Yep. Yeah, right. So so a pastor can use chat GPT to become lazy, but that shows his heart. He needs to check himself. But someone else would be using that. Maybe they want to change up their wording, but now their time's been cut in half. Now they could spend more time doing more ministry, whatever that is. And same thing in business. So that's kind of what it is. There's always going to be things that lazy people are going to use to try to cut corners, but they're going to be left in the dust because those who see that as a tool to be more productive and create more, be able to, hey, now now I've freed up 80% of my time. Now I can... 
and put out more. That's those are the creators, and those guys are going to put the lazy guys out of business. So that's what I want to say. Yeah, that was the last thing that I wanted to mention before um, I end. I don't know if it's Work Wednesday or T three. It's they had a baby. Whatever they had, this is. Um, who just opened up? Who was that, Max? No donut, no donut trees in the garden Wednesday, bro. You know what? You're right. That's the subtext. There's no donut trees in the garden. That is the subtext. I was going to end like that, Brian, but you just took it away from me. Okay. Uh, anyway, I want to say is like, if you can recover your time, recover your time. If there's tools out there that help you do more work for the glory of God, figure out how to use these, figure out how to be creative with these. And then when you have people like Gravity Jack who are out there making their own AI, making their own, shoot, they got the patent augmented reality. You find the Christians that are playing in that field and you, you help them, you support them with the funds you have. And you tell them, hey, this is what I need you to work on. This is what I need. This is, this is the real Christian humanism. This is how we can make the world better. And y'all, the, the world needs our Christian ethic. As they're trying to figure out how to grow humans, we need to tell them, listen, God already figured that one out. When he, he's got that one worked out really good. If you're single, get married. If you're married, have you some kids and you have kids, go baptize them. See, God, that, God, God got that one already worked out. We don't have to do that. What we need to do is figure out how to support parents to be able to make a lot of money so they can take care of all the kids that they have and how to grow the kingdom. See, we can, we can work with that. We can save people time. But if Christians aren't involved in that kind of ethic, then the ethic is going to be it's going to go crazy. We're going to be wondering how in the world we got here. So find you something that helps you save time, build your families and grow the kingdom of God and be involved with it so that the world can see. Oh, that's how you use it. So go do what God did. Be like your father, since you're image bearer, get to work. Because there's no donut trees in the garden. You like that, Brian? 10 out of 10 ending, my friend. <laughs> hey, thank you guys for hanging with me. I'm out. I'm sorry. I went for Look, I finished when I was supposed to. The people talking went 14 minutes over. But I'll see you guys on Thread Inception Thursday. God bless.